0: Welcome to Karen the Load. I am so excited to have Gabriella Robertson sitting here next to me today. This gal is is a sweetheart and amazing. She um grew, moved into my neighborhood when she was 3 years old. And um, and I moved 5 years ago, so it has been some time.
1: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I was just a bratty little
0: teenager when you met <laughs> A bratty little teenager that I love. How about we say it that way? All right. Um, I just wanted to, I reached out to, to Gabby, can I call you that? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> Do we still go by that? Yeah. I reached out to Gabby um, the other day after a post that she wrote um, on Facebook and I just asked her, I shared it. I thought it was amazing. It was very um eloquently written. And um and I just asked her, you know, we got talking and reconnected again and then asked her if she'd join us. But let me give you a little bit of background. Gabby was adopted into um a wonderful family. Um her parents are white. She has I have uh, four
1: older siblings.
0: Four older siblings. Mm-hmm. And then there's Gabby, who is African-American. Mm-hmm. And then she has a younger brother who was also adopted and is African-American. So she has a very unique situation and dynamic um, in her life, far different from mine and, and many of yours. And And with all that's going on in this world of ours right now, I just asked her if she'd come on and and share some of her thoughts and feelings. And um, so Gabby, do you want to just tell them a little bit more about yourself? Okay. Well, I just
1: graduated last year. So I've been working this year um, preparing to go to college um, all throughout like my whole life, really. I've been a singer um, she has
0: a beautiful voice.
1: <laughs> the last time you heard me, I was fifteen, so it's changed a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, I played tennis in high school. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know. And you're just, working now, yeah, and I'm you're
0: working. excited to go to college. Do I am you- so
1: excited to move out, <laughs> be on my own.
0: <laughs> so she's typical. Let's yes. just put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any idea of what you want to focus in when you go to college?
1: Um, My thought is political science. Wow. So, you know, I'll take a few classes, see how that goes. I did take a couple, you know, of the required classes that I'd have to take in high school. I took some concurrent enrollment, so well on my way to getting that degree.
0: Good for you. Good for you. So um, what – tell me about what you're feeling when you see things on the news – And it's very different from here. So here we are in Utah, friends. Yes. Um, Utah is not a highly populated black community. It's not very very diverse. It's really not. That's a good way to put it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So you're seeing these things on the news. How does it make you feel?
1: Well... As I said, like in my post, I don't feel like I have a ton of authority to speak on, you know, to say too much about the topic because I live, I've grown up in Utah, you know, I haven't dealt with as much racism as other people like, you know, throughout the South or just anywhere else really have, but I have had, you know, some things happen to me throughout my whole life, but you know, um, but I understand why people are protesting and rioting, but I don't think that violence is the answer at all. And, you know, we've seen that. We saw that with the civil rights movement, you know, with Martin Luther King Jr. and with Malcolm X, you know, who who got the point across more eloquently. Martin Luther King Jr. did. Right. So it just makes it makes me really, really sad. I'm really saddened about everything that's happening.
0: And that's how I feel. You know, whether... Um, when I sit and I watch these things and I'm thinking, you know, protest. I agree with that. Yes. That's, you know, that's our right. That's why we live here and where we live. And so grateful for those like Martin Luther King who mm-hmm. are willing to to do things in a correct, proper way. Yes. Um, violence doesn't do anything. And so I look at the writing and that's where I just think you lost me. Mm -hmm. that everything that you were doing in a positive way just went out the window as you began to destroy and hurt and all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it is, it's super sad, but I love the fact that even before this, you had an interest in political science.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So wanting to be an attorney, what are you wanting? Well, government.
1: (laughs) That's, that's still in the works. I'm, you know, I would love to be a lawyer, but that's a lot of school, a lot of money. Um, so I'll just like, you know, see where things go. See where things but go. you know, I can get my I can become a paralegal with a four-year degree. Right. So.
0: But I love because your heart is in helping people. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's to me why you're you have this this natural love is and that that leaning in that interest is because of that desire to help people. Mhm. So we were talking about just the difference in, in the experiences that you've had, and, and you rightfully so aren't coming as an authority. none of us are. Okay. We all walk different in different shoes. All of our life's experiences create um, you know our thought processes in different ways, and we really, truly don't understand where someone else is coming from, but we need to respect where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So, but you, you have experienced things. I mean, you talked about in class at school. So t- tell us how you felt when you were learning about certain um, historical events or just certain things in in school, sitting in a classroom where you probably were the only African-American. <laughs>
1: I most, most of the time I was, until my senior year, I was the only African-American person in all of my classes. Um, my senior year, I had – well, the second half of my senior year, I had another black kid in my physics class, and then I had another black girl in one of my English classes. But, like, the rest of the time, I was the only one. Like, I only knew four other black people in high school. And, like, it was interesting. But I remember my junior year, <clears throat> I was in an honors English class. and We were supposed to – before school started, we were supposed to read this book. And I think it was called Warriors Don't Cry. And it's about um, a few of the black kids who started going. I can't remember. I can't remember what the name was, but they went to the all white high school.
0: Okay. We'll put it in the show notes. So if anybody else wants to, we'll figure that out. Yeah.
1: Um, But I started reading it. We were on our trip. We were on a trip to Idaho over the summer. I started reading it in the car and I could not get even halfway through it. It just made me sick to my stomach um just like reading about all the things that they went through and I was like I emailed my teacher and I was like, I can't I can't read this. And so she didn't she didn't make me but when we came back to school, you know, we had to have a discussion on it and I just sit there quietly and I'd glance around and like, you know, kids would be like looking at me or they'd like glance away really fast and I would glance at them um and then like in my u.s history class we have a unit about civil rights movement and people would be like so uncomfortable like i could just tell like the feeling in the room you, you know the air feel i can like feel their eyes on me i could just feel how uncomfortable they were and it's like it's like they feel bad you know for the things that white people did to black people and i'm like it wasn't you and it wasn't every single white person. Right. And so that's when I would start, you know, doing my research on white people who would come and walk in protests, you know, with, with Martin Luther King jr. And, you know, I'd start sharing that in class and like people that make people feel so much more comfortable to be around me. Cause I didn't want people to be uncomfortable, you know, being my friend.
0: Right. Right. Um, and I love how you did research so that you could understand it better, so that then you could share it from your perspective and help ease that tension. You know, I I look at this, and and I'm thinking about all these things that are going on, and there have been different people of different groups throughout the ages that have been persecuted, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not just the black people, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and it makes me sick. Absolutely. We are all equal mm-hmm. and and valuable in the, in the eyes of God. And that's, that's how it is. Last, last year, um, I went to, to Amsterdam and to Paris. And then later on a different uh, trip with, with my husband, I, we were in Germany. And to see the perspective of what happened because of the war, because of racism, because of thinking they were better because they had a different colored skin or eye color or blood Mm -hmm. or whatever. And it made me sick and I couldn't get out of there fast enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've always wanted to go, you know, to Gettysburg, you know, just like the other, the different places around and just like, Feel my heritage, because that is my heritage. Feel my culture, you know, because right. I think that as a black person, I do have to understand the pain of how and how far we have come. Um, When I was, I think I was in fourth grade and Micah was in first grade. My mom read us To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. And we were really, really young. Yeah. But she wanted us to understand. Right. That like everything that. Black people have gone through, and I think it's one of it's a it's a really hard book to read, especially that young, but it was really eye opening, um, and it was I'm really glad that she read it to us as young as we were, because it prepared us
0: right, and I and I that's what I was just thinking when you were sharing that was that was very wise yeah of of your mom and. And to start preparing you in a yes. way that she also had to learn. Yeah. And to, yes. to learn an, a different culture, a different heritage. Mm-hmm. And I think she's done a pretty good job in she trying to integrate has. that.
1: And she has had racist, people say racist comments to her. When I've gone to the same person you know, the same person has done my hair since I was like four years old. And so we used to go to this huge salon where it was just like a ton of black people, you okay. know? And um so she, it was when I was really little and she was waiting for me, you know, to get my hair done. And this black guy came up to her and she, and he was just telling her how, like what an awful person she was, you know, cause she was white and she had black kids and she didn't know how to raise them and everything. And all of the other, the owner of the, salon came and he was like you are no longer welcome welcome here oh wait no it was a black woman who said this to her I'm getting things mixed up
0: that's okay. it was a black
1: woman who said this to her and the owner came and he was like you're not you're not well you cannot have my business anymore you're you're get out and so we, she's had black people you know be racist towards her and give her so much crap for trying to raise black kids um but then she's also had so many black people back her up right And so, and she's, you know, she's also had white people say awful things to her as well. But because really,
0: people are just dumb sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't think before we talk. And isn't it just about love?
1: It is. Like, I have never understood that because my family is my family. Like, why would you, like, we love each other so much. Why would you try to get in the way of that?
0: It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Like, can you. I look at at really what a gift it has been for you. I mean, I don't know the situation, and I will never judge your birth mother.
1: Oh, no. My birth mother is like one of my heroes.
0: Because she probably was, this was one of the toughest decisions she ever made in her mm-hmm. life. She made it out of love. Yes. Because she knew she couldn't give you what you needed. Mm-hmm. And what a gift. Yeah. And so here is your, your adopted parents who are your parents. Yeah. Um, Who willingly wanted and reached out to find you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's not like they were, their arms were twisted to take you. Mm-hmm. They searched and searched and found you. So what a gift. And, yeah. And I know that the children that have been adopted that so often there's that longing and, and that why. And I understand. Yeah. I understand that healing process, but there, it really is a gift and there's healing that needs to be taken place on both parts.
1: Yeah. It's been very different experiences for me and for Micah. Um, Micah has always wanted to, you know, know his birth mom and, He's always felt that longing. And for me, like, yes, eventually I will want to meet her mm-hmm. and I want to meet my birth dad, but my family is my family. And I'm so happy where I am right now. And growing up, you know, my mom, if I ever had any questions, I could ask my mom and cause she, she, they were able to meet my birth mom. And so she'd always, I'd ask questions and she'd always answer honestly. So that's been really, really great.
0: What a great example again, mm-hmm. and that open communication, that honest mm-hmm. communication. And maybe she doesn't have I mean, I don't know, but maybe they didn't have that, that opportunity to meet Micah's.
1: No, we, we were able to meet Micah's birth mom, and I was there. I was able to go. She wanted to meet all of us kids, and so I was able to go in.
0: Oh, that's neat. Her. Yeah, that's really neat. Um, so, let me ask you this we're going to kind of talk about a little another twist in this whole situation as a female um black young lady it's very different for you than it is for your brother oh yes um i was i was telling gabby that i have uh, neighbors down the street it's really but pretty much the same situation and the fact that um they had two of their two biological children um they weren't able to have any more uh, biologically and they wanted to, they had this longing and they knew there were other children and they adopted um, an African-American daughter. And then a few years later, an African-American son. And it's very different as I've taught to her in what she's had to do to help teach and prepare her son then mm-hmm. she even has her daughter. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned that you and Mike have talked about this. What do you see as a difference just because you're different sex? Well,
1: especially lately, you know, he's 16, so he's going to be able to drive, and he has a lot of attitude. Like, if he doesn't want to do something, he will tell you. And, you and know, that's
0: not just... Exclusive to black kids. No, 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 we no. We no. all have attitudes. Oh yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. Um but uh he'll you know, he'll be disrespectful to my parents, you know, teenage stuff. Right. Um and I'll be like, Micah, as sad as it is, the world that we live in today, if you were pulled over and if you gave any attitude to a cop, you could either, you know, be killed or get got get arrested. Right. Because you are a black man. And it's sad, but that is the reality.
0: Right. And what did he what did he say when you said that to him? Or what did was he taken back?
1: Yeah, he just like went quiet. He's like, "Oh, you know, he he still has things to work on, you know, he's, well,
0: we all do." Yeah, yeah. He's just it's just sad. It's sad and and like I was telling you about with my neighbor, you know, she her oldest son, her oldest child is a son. And then the youngest is a son. So the book ends. And she was talking about how she had to talk to the when she was he the oldest son was preparing to get his driver's license. Mm -hmm. And now here the younger son is preparing. And she had to have that same discussion that you talked to Micah about. Mm -hmm. And as much as we want to say that there isn't a difference, there is. There is. So what would your advice be besides Attitude. Um, I don't know. Just
1: show as much respect as you can for authority, because I know you know. So it's, it's really hard if you're pulled over. You know, it's really hard to be happy or whatever. But I think, in order for things not to escalate, to just you know be as happy as you can, because it's hard. Because like even now, like even if you do show respect, sometimes they can just make things up. Right. Because that has happened.
0: Right. Um, I think that advice is the same whether you're black. It is. Or you're white.
1: Yeah.
0: Or you're a, a woman or a man. It really should be no difference.
1: It really should be. But,
0: but the reality is.
1: There is a difference. There is a
0: difference. And the response is different. And why in the world someone is more frightened to walk, you know, to be out on a walk or come up on a car when there's a black man in it Mm -hmm. than a white. Mm -hmm. It should not make a difference. It shouldn't.
1: And I think I feel bad for police officers sometimes because like they don't, you know, they don't want to be racist (laughs) sometimes, but like, I can see why they would be scared because they're scared that they're going to be called racist. You know,
0: there's like, so many reasons to be scared. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if they, if
1: they walk up and there's a black man in the car and they're, and you know, they could go, like, Oh, is it cause I'm black? And it's like, no, no, it's not right. Like it, it goes both ways.
0: It, it does. And, and I think, you know, that's the thing we need to remember. One of the things that I love about my neighbor and his response to his mom was mom. I choose to believe that everyone has good. Mm -hmm. and I want to find the good in them and I think that is the best motto that we could all live by Mm -hmm. is to find the good and to choose to believe that they have good and if we respect and we love and we lift and we heaven forbid but we have to continue to protest we protest together united for making the appropriate changes in the appropriate way.
1: Yeah. And I think one of like the most powerful things for me from the civil rights movement is when, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. and you know all of his people would be marching and, you know, doing their peaceful protests and when the policeman the police would fire into the crowds or, you know, use so much violence the next day they'd be out doing it again. They'd be out protesting again peacefully. They wouldn't turn to violence. And that is so powerful because it showed that they weren't the violent ones. Right. It was the police.
0: Right. And today I think you look at it in a lot of these protests, it's not the protesters that are violent. It's these Mm -hmm. other crazies that are wanting to come and cause Mm -hmm. a problem.
1: Yeah. And like you said earlier, it takes away So much of the point that you're trying to make, you know, Black Lives Matter, it takes away from it. If you're going and you're setting police vehicles on fire or you're trying to, you know, beat police officers up, it takes away from it. It takes away your authority and it takes away the point that you're trying to make.
0: Exactly. I was absolutely shocked that, you know, here in Utah, it's pretty conservative.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: And... We had a lot of protest and violence here um, a few days ago, and it sickened me. But just as much as that sickened me was to see the next day the united people together, black, white, every different culture you could imagine and stereotypical um classification and diversification you would see them in working side by side to clean up the graffiti mm-hmm. to clean up the mess and to make it beautiful again that yeah. is what made me happy yeah and it brought back that piece and that that is who we are
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's not this other junk it's this and together they taught me more in coming together and cleaning and working together than any of the violence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I, and I think that you know those are the types of things that, that we can um, do in our individual lives. We don't need to wait for someone else to, um, to be good, to be kind, to be nice. We can do it in our daily lives. We can make a difference. I think we um, would be surprised at the influence we have on others um, and who's watching. I, I, I am a, and you've all heard this before. If you've listened to our podcasts, I love to watch people. Gabby's one I always watched, (laughs) you know? Yes. She was this three-year-old girl when she moved in a couple houses away, um, years ago, but for many years, I watched, I watched her. I watched her become this beautiful uh, young lady, and I watched how she handled different things, I, and and I I learned from her, and I appreciated that, and and I continue to learn and watch from others. I wa- I learned from her parents, um, and and so many people. For me, you know, I am so grateful that I I don't have a problem. I don't see. I see the beauty. Mm -hmm. in um, diversity. I love it. I think if we were all the same, it would be boring. Mm -hmm. It would be, um, it would not be what we, we have today and we would be looking and thinking, what are we missing? Um, So I I see that. Um, I just have to share one, one little experience here and then I'm going to ask Gabby a couple more things, but the other day, I I have this T-shirt and it says, "Just be nice." We yeah. all need one of those. <laughs> and it says T-shirt I bought in Canada. No, of course, you bought it in Canada. <laughs> I did buy in Canada. We were um, my husband's uh, employer. There was a, a a trip that he earned, mm-hmm. and we were walking the shops, you know, and just kind of looking around and and i hate hate paying full price for anything and i honestly probably would never have bought this t-shirt other than it was on the clearance rack and it was like 5 bucks okay but
1: yeah, yeah. yeah and good. i
0: like the color and just if you're on nice. a
1: trip like it's hard to find stuff like it, that
0: exactly so anyway i had this t-shirt it's very comfy and has <laughs> become a favorite and i've had it for a few years you know it's your favorite t-shirt's going to get out of shape and and you know the collars stretched and stuff and anyway I threw it on the other morning and I went for a walk and, and I was amazed at how many people smiled at me, said, hello, good morning. You know, they'd all, I could see that as they were coming and you know, we were coming the opposite directions, I could see that they saw something. They, they yeah. were looking at my shirt and then they would look up and then they would have this different reaction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I just thought it was unique. And I thought, this is interesting. And so the next day, I wore a similar color t shirt, but it wasn't my just be nice t shirt. Just same color, same time, same place. I went to the same place that I usually walk. And I hardly had anyone say hello mm-hmm. or smile. And it taught me something like this simple t shirt that has a simple positive message affected a lot of people. Yep. And it was fun, whether they were, you know, young teenagers out running or it was, you know, older people just, you know, strolling along. Mm -hmm. The whole gamut, it, it made a difference in their day. So here I'm putting you on the spot. What do you think that we can do to make a difference?
1: I know everyone you know says this but honestly just love everyone. And it's it's hard especially you know people people are annoying, right? People are dumb, but just give everyone the benefit of the doubt and just love everyone. You know just just be happy that you that you know someone new. Or you, you see someone new. Just I don't know.
0: Just be happy. Yeah. I think um you know what a wise thing you've learned yeah and um you could be better oh yeah oh yeah but that's not what brings the joy and the happiness at all it's it's the other stuff you know
1: one thing that i learned in school was well you've known me for a lot of my life and i've tried to be really happy and really outgoing, you know, really try to talk to everyone throughout, you know, my whole life. And in high school, I had, there. I was always, you know, smiling in the hallways, saying hi to everyone. And I had, I don't like to say, you know, I was popular, you know, but <laughs> I had a lot of friends. And I'd have, pe- I'd have people, you know, say, oh, hey, Gabby, in the hallway. And I'd be like, I do not remember you. I am so sorry. Uh, but it's just because uh, yeah. I, would, I would, you know, say hi to them in the lunchroom and introduce myself. And just like that makes such a difference. You know, just smiling at someone. Just
0: just to be a friend yeah, and to exactly. reach out. I mean, how many people wish they had a friend? Yeah. But they're scared to death. They don't they're so insecure that they can't even look anybody in the eye. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing and you you talk about being popular. Well, you were. <laughs> but I can tell you want to know why you were popular? It's yes because you were genuine you were real you reached out and helped others feel like they were worth something that they had value and and i i can only imagine what um what others feel about you and cuz i know how i feel about you but i i can only imagine what um what others feel and how how you help brighten their day and help them to not feel so alone. and I think that's amazing
1: That was always that was always my goal you know because you know I have learned from my older siblings. I watch people you know I try to learn from other people's mistakes. So you kind of watch too yeah I, I just I try to learn from others as much as I can. And so when I, you know, high school's hard. So when for I, sure. when I started high school, I tried to learn from, you know, my older siblings. And I also learned from my own experiences because in middle school, you know, I wasn't, I had, I was bullied a little, you know? And so I just tried I, to, I am not
0: a fan of middle school, yeah. just to let you know. That yeah, one. no, it,
1: it, it's awful for
0: everyone. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I just, you know, I try to make people, if I would see them struggling, like how I would, I struggled. I would try to make them, I do what I would want other people to do to me. So,
0: which is another golden rule.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, do unto exactly. to others as you would have others doing to you. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that quite right. I it's don't think
1: pretty but you much. get You yeah. get the gist.
0: Yeah. So, um, okay. So we've learned today to look for the good in others, mm-hmm. to give them the benefit of the doubt, to be a friend, And to learn from others' mistakes and to learn from their success. Yes. It's not just about mistakes. We can like, I mean, that's what Karen the Load, Karen the Load is not about mistakes, so don't get me wrong there. (laughs) (laughs) Learn from
1: other people's successes. Successes.
0: But Karen the Load, so I I don't know if I've explained this to you, Gabby, but Karen, the rock Karens, that you see like right here on my desk mm-hmm. where they're stacked upon each other. They're trail markers anciently as we got looking at the, you know, researching and the history of all this. They're trail markers. They're there to help people know they're on the right path. Mm-hmm. How often in your life have you felt, and maybe not very often because you're young, <laughs> that there'll become times in your life you feel alone. Oh, yeah. And you wonder if you're doing it right. Has anyone ever felt the way i felt? Mm-hmm. That's what carrying the load is about is we're here to help others know they're not alone. We're here to help others realize, you know what you are on the right path and we recognize your pain and your sorrow, but we also want you to realize there's hope that that others have come out happier, healthier, successful, all of those things that the healing has taken place in their life and that we are better together. And so that's what it's all about. And so I love this whole this whole visit. If there was one thing you would like to leave with our guests, what would it be?
1: <sighs> that is hard. One thing that I'd like to leave with you guys. I think I pretty much, you know, my whole thing today has been, you know, just be happy. And it's taken me so long to actually really be happy. And you know, I'm still I'm still working on it. I'm still young. Um but when I was younger I would fake I would fake it a lot because I didn't want people to know that I had bad days. And just know, just validate yourself for where you're at and just know that you're a work in progress and just try your best. That's all you can do.
0: It's beautiful. I think we all fake it a lot. Mm -hmm. and what I have come to realize is that the more real I have become, the more vulnerable I have become, the sweeter my life has become. Definitely. And um, there is a difference. You know, we think people don't recognize or see the pain when we're faking it, but I can tell you that there is a different sparkle in your eyes. Um, There's a... A beauty and a rawness that has come with where you're at and with life's experiences. And I am so excited to see where you're headed and see the things that you're going to continue to accomplish and how you're going to continue to make this beautiful, crazy world we live in a better place. I want to thank our guest, Gabriella Robertson, for joining us in our podcast today healing through inspiration, growth, and connection. I hope that you have had an aha moment as you listen today and gained valuable insights from Gabby that will help you on your life's journey. We at Care and the Load have come to realize that experiences are life's greatest teacher. Until next time, take care of yourself, but most importantly, take care of each other. We are better together.